Hey all you guys, gals, and non-binary pals, let's just dive right into it. So, uh, the other day, there was a comment by President Trump during the press conference where he was asked, would you agree to a peaceful transfer of power if you lost the presidency? And y you know what he said? He said, well, we'll have to see, you know, uh, we'll have to see what happens. I don't trust the ballots, and quite frankly, if we didn't have any ballots, I think there'd be a continuation of power and not a transfer. And I mean, okay, so few things to digest here. One, in this, Trump's probably not talking about, well, I really hope he's not talking about getting rid of the electoral system entirely. He's talking about mail-in ballots and saying that if there weren't any mail-in ballots, he'd probably win. So I don't really think that's true. I don't think it necessarily holds that there'd be a peaceful transfer of power if there weren't any, or that, correcting myself here, that he would maintain the presidency if there were no mail-in ballots. This was something that Trump's own political party brought up. Mitch McConnell uh, said at one point a while back, at least I think it was Mitch McConnell, it may have been somebody different, but it was, it was definitely a senior Republican of some form, uh, who said that the people who are most likely to do mail-in ballots aren't actually Democrats, they're Republicans. We'll go back to that in a minute, um, because statistically, the Democratic supporters are younger and the Republican supporters are older, meaning that the Republican supporters are going to be more concerned for their health, and they are more likely not to go out and actually mail in their ballots. And I mean, I think that's reasonable. When's the last time somebody under the age of 30 has mailed anything? I mean, heck, the other day, not the other day, but a few days back, I couldn't even figure out how to mail something because I didn't even know how to buy a stamp. So if you don't even know how to buy a stamp, I don't know why you're going to be going for the mail-in ballots when you could just, you know, vote in person like everybody else and wear a mask and whatnot. I'm not saying that's a good option. I'm just saying that's something that I would expect younger people to do rather than older people. But anywho, uh, circling back to that claim that without mail-in ballots there'd be a peaceful transfer of power. I also think, and no, this is an attempt to delegitimize the election system. I mean, if you break it down, you don't have... If you have the mail-in ballots, you have a paper record of everyone's vote. If you only have the votes from in person, there are electronic voting sy systems in place, so it becomes feasible to honestly more easily steal an election, to be direct, because you don't have a paper trail and you don't have a paper record. So I think really Trump's concern here isn't... I don't think he's worried about the possibility of scrapping mail-in votes, so his base is the only one with their votes counted. I think he's more worried about the possibility of... Well, I think he's more worried about two things. I think he's more worried about forcing mail-in votes so that uh, people have to, so, so that there's no paper trail necessarily, so that things can be more easily stolen, and two, because if he does that, it helps delegitimize 
delegitimize, excuse me, the electoral process. So he made that claim a few days ago, and a funny thing happened, uh, I want to say today, where there were nine votes in Pennsylvania. There were nine mail-in votes from the military because, you know, the story just sounds so much better if they're from the military, uh, that got lost and misplaced. And Fox News is now freaking out about this, saying, oh, nine ballots for Trump got lost. Well, okay, first of all, it's only seven. Seven of the votes were for Trump. Two of them, it's not known who it was for. And I really don't know how that information is known right now, given this whole electoral process is supposed to be confidential. There's already some pretty significant mistakes in this process, but... Anywho, uh, that story came out, and because that story came out very conveniently after this, there's now more doubt in the electoral process. And that's a good thing for the current president of the United States. It's a good thing for him because if there's doubt in the current electoral process, then he doesn't have to care about winning fairly. He can just win. What do I mean by that? Well, uh, apparently the Trump campaign, and this came out a few days ago, has been looking for ways to win the election in case he doesn't win the election. And the fact this is happening is completely absurd, but we'll, we're going to table that for a minute. A way to essentially suggesting that he convince legislators in Republican states and Republican governors to appoint electors and assert to their electors that you need to trust the results. You need to say what they, you need to say that they will vote in a way that matches how you would expect that your state would vote and not in a manner that matches what the ballots actually are because what the ballots are actually are cannot be trusted. So, essentially, he's trying to steal the election, but I want to be clear here. I don't think it's true that the president is trying to steal the election because he's worried about not winning. He's stealing the election because he can't lose, from his point of view. The reason for that is pretty simple. There are 200,000 dead Americans right now. And those Americans are dead because of Donald Trump's negligence. And whatever party you are, you might disagree with that. But the bottom line is, he was the president of the United States during this virus. And the second bottom line is, he is on record saying that he downplayed the threat of this virus. Now, I don't care what political affiliation you are. That is more than enough evidence to convince on negligence alone. And... That's not to mention all of the laundry list of other reasons and other criminal charges he could face when he leaves office. There, of course, was the Mueller report. Mueller report? I don't feel like I'm saying that right, but there was a Mueller report, and that asserted that he should face criminal charges, and the only reason he wasn't charged in that was because he was the president and there was a Department of Justice memo saying he couldn't be. So... Here's Donald Trump's reality. When he leaves office, he is going to face a criminal case. 
now he might win that criminal case. That criminal case might get thrown out immediately by a Republican-dominated government if one exists. <clears throat> but the reality is that case will exist. And the more time he can prolong that case from happening, the safer he is in his own mind. That's what's driving the President of the United States right now. It's not fear that he'll lose, but, well, let me rephrase that. It's, it is fear that he'll lose. It's not that he doesn't think he can win. It's that he doesn't want the possibility to exist that he can't win. And that's why all of these crazy things are happening. And you know what? I'll admit it. I see where he's coming from. If I were in his shoes, I'd be looking for an out too. I'd be looking for every opportunity that I could. And I don't think he cares about breaking the law right now because honestly, he's already underwater. He's already underwater the moment he leaves office. So anything he can do in the term of his presidency, he will do. And he is. And we'll have to see how that plays out. Um, but anyways, this is the first time uh, I've talked about anything political since the death of Ruth, Gator, Ruth Bader Ginsburg. And it, it sucks. I mean, it's never good when anyone dies, but... It really sucks that her legacy can't be honored without sort of giving rise to this perspective of, hey, there's an open seat now, and the Republicans are going to take it. It's a shame her legacy can't just be honored for what it was. But we're in this situation now. And the President of the United States, of course, um, has expressed a desire to fill that seat. And can he? I, I mean, legally, he absolutely can. The only argument against him being able to do that is the precedent set by Mitch McConnell and other Republicans in the year uh, 2016 when Merrick Garland's nomination was delayed. And that precedent asserted that um, they weren't going to see a vote on the Senate floor for the nomination of Merrick Garland because... President Obama, from their perspective, was a lame duck president. So they had no cause to sit for that and to make that happen. But now they're in a situation where they could gain political power from their perspective. And, well, okay, let me rephrase that. So this is a situation where it looks like there's just one thing going on. And it looks like that one thing is that the Republican Party wants a degree of control over the Supreme Court. Excuse me. When they have control over the Supreme Court, they have essentially a long-standing dominance uh, since Supreme Court appointment, appointments are lifetime that allows them to strike down any Democratic laws passed. It's essentially kind of the same sort of mindset you'd have if you could instill a Republican monarch. Not to say a Supreme Court are mon monarchs, but they hold a lot of power and they're lifetime appointments. So having a Republican domination of that is a good thing. But I think that's only what's happening from the perspective of Senate Republicans. Donald Trump's argument for doing this is he wants somebody who will help him win when electoral ballots are disputed. So he's using this as a third angle 
to try and win the election, aside from the popular vote and aside from that nonsense with literally stealing the vote that I talked about earlier. And so he's going to appoint a nominee that he thinks will give him that. And right now the Republicans have enough votes. Um, Senator Mitt Romney said he'll go for it and go for uh, voting for whoever Trump appoints. And I think he'll get appointed. And the Democrats have things they can do in their back pocket, of course. The Democrats can say that they are going to expand the Supreme Court, which they legally can do. I mean, it's a dirty thing to do, I think, but it's something they legally can do. Every precedent for it exists, given they control the Congress, the Senate, and the presidency, which is an uphill battle, but totally possible, given how polls are right now. And if they control all of that, well, then they can pack the court. And when they pack the court, well, Republicans are in a much worse situation than Democrats, because the ability to control who's in the Supreme Court could really just be legislated away entirely. Not legislated away, but the ability to expand it could be. So that's the threat that Democrats are hanging over people's heads. And I don't think... I don't think the president cares because I think he thinks he can steal the election by appointing a Supreme Court judge. I don't think the Senate cares because they, well, bluntly, there's no reason for them not to do this. They legally can, and they will. And I don't think, especially since they have control over the government right now in the Senate and the presidency, I don't think they really care about the long-term consequences. I think they're just in it for the short term. But... Anywho, um, there are things Democrats can do to prevent this, but I don't think anyone cares. And so will Trump's claim that this person can help him win the presidency pan out? The answer to that is no. The answer to that is a very, 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 very hard no. So in order for that to happen, there has to be a ballot dispute. And as weird as it sounds... Um, even if a Republican is appointed, that doesn't mean things are going to work out in Trump's favor. The fact there was a 6-3 decision against uh, a few court cases he was involved in um, regarding his tax returns with a 5-4 Supreme Court shows that even without Ruth Bader Ginsburg, um, it's quite possible he'll be decided against, and the reality is he will. Um... I don't think anybody really wants Donald Trump in office right now. I think Republicans are using him because it's convenient. I think uh, I think he's just in office because right now he needs to be or he's going to face criminal charges. And yeah, I, I don't think it's a surefire thing. So hypothetically, um, what if we put ourselves in Donald Trump's shoes? And we ask, how is November going to play out? Mm-hmm. And the answer is this, um, with the president using every dirty trick he can. And as many dirty tricks as he uses, the reality is it's not going to work. He's going to lose the election, and he's going to do some damage, I think, to American democracy as he tries to stop himself from losing the election. But the reality is he's going to lose. And he's going to lose because at this point, 
he's losing the popular vote. Democrats are are encouraged to get out to vote um, because otherwise the there's no hope for the Supreme Court at this point, um, along with all of the other terrible things that have come out about Trump in the past couple of months. And that's going to mean that, especially with the ballots not getting counted, Democrats are going to come out in larger numbers, even though the polls are... Biden's leading the polls, but they're still close. Even though the polls are close, Democrats are still going to come out. Democrats are going to win the election. That's that's a certainty. That's not a certainty you should sort of rest on your heels on, but it's a fact that they are going to win the election, at least the vote of the election, fairly. That vote is going to be disputed at the level of the <clears throat> Supreme Court, possibly, inclusive. Um, but the problem is that right now, with the country and the state that it's in, and the Breonna Taylor protests and everything else that has been happening across the country, um, it's not going to work. It's just not going to be a good situation if the if the judiciary and the government asserts that uh, Trump's won. Because the second it's asserted that Trump has won, the things are just going to get worse. And things are just going to get worse in a way that is not going to guarantee anything will happen immediately. However, things are going to get worse in a way that guarantees that the Democratic Party will become larger in size and will gain more support. And what's going to happen, I can tell you this very clearly, is that in the year 2022, if Trump wins the presidency in 2020, and again, it'll only be if the Supreme Court decide against him, and I, only if the Supreme Court decide in his favor, and I don't think they will, then 2022 will hit, and Democrats will control the Senate, and Trump will be impeached anyways. And then probably uh, Mike Pence will also get impeached. And then, if I remember the succession order correctly, Nancy Pelosi will become the president. I mean, that sounds ridiculous to say, but uh, that's... And I think this is a ridiculous possibility we're talking about. The notion that the election will get stolen is ridiculous and probably won't happen, even though there'll definitely be an attempt to steal it. But I think that's the alternative to a Trump loss. And it's either Trump loses now or he loses in 2022. And there's nothing else. There's no other option. So, yeah, we have... <clears throat> Excuse me. We have a few days of craziness left. I'm going to say around uh, 32 can't count right now, but it's just north of third days at some level before election day. And when that happens, well, the time from now until that happens is going to be very, very interesting. It's going to result in a lot of weird snap decisions by the Trump administration out of desperation to try and win. Good example of that. Um, I just saw this. 
Uh, Trump says he's mailing $200 to 33 million seniors before election days as he gains in polls. And that's complete. That's that's a cash incentive um, to vote for him. That's oh, it's Medicare beneficiaries that are getting it. That that's a cash benefit to vote for him, and it's completely ridiculous and absurd and illegal. But it's happening, and it's happening because he doesn't want to lose. So yeah, I just think this is what the next few weeks are going to be like. There's going to be a lot of crazy stuff. Um, anyways. Yeah, you might not have heard, uh, just him and you might not have heard Alan during any of this, and the reason for that is this is just a, uh, if you saw our last wedding podcast, you'd know, but this is just a purely political, um, separate thing I'm doing because we're trying to separate some of the politics out from our podcast because we just have way too much stuff to talk about each week, and I end up doing the political stuff more, so we just divide this out. And we'll see how it goes, and I'll try and make this a daily or semi-daily thing. But yeah, you can follow us at Lazy Yet Successful um, on Anchor, Spotify, whatever your pick is. Um, you can also follow us on YouTube. We have a Let's Play channel. Um, and yeah, stick around for more fun little political dialogues, comments, whatever from me. And anyways, and our general podcast, um, which releases every week. But anyways, for now, uh, this is Justin, this is Lazy and Successful, political update, and I'm signing off. Bye.